For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Zane, welcome to the show. Thank you. Very Thank happy you. to have you on here. It's, it's, uh, this is going to be an interesting one, I feel. I'm looking for, I, I know the story, but I don't know the story. So I'm looking forward to, to that. But um, for everyone watching, why don't we start by just explaining to everyone what Commission Factory is and what, what it is you do. Sure. Um, Commission Factory is an affiliate network. So for those that don't know what affiliate networks are or affiliate marketing, um, we are an online platform. We're a middleman between online retailers and that we will maybe refer to as ad the advertisers and the affiliates, all also known as publishers. So we sit in the middle facilitating the relationship between the two. So we have this marketplace of, of advertisers that, we, that, that are contracted with us. So we have about 600 online retailers. Mm -hmm. And then we have um, about 45,000 affiliates or publishers on the other side. Yeah, 45,000, wow. yeah, that's right. And we then ha sit in the middle with this marketplace where we connect the two. And so we'll have these publishers who maybe run a blog or they've got some sort of social media following, they're influencers, and they, they sign up to our network and they will see these online retailers and say, oh, look, there's this fashion retailer. I really like their products. And they will then maybe talk about them on their blog or on the, with their social media following. And um, for any consumers that is reading that content, clicks on a link and goes off to the advertiser's website and buys something, we're tracking that relationship and that transaction that's going on there. And so when they, that consumer buys, we are listening for that and we calculate a commission to pay to the affiliate. And you take some of that commission, I assume. That's right. Not, not of their commission. We'll charge a separate fee to the um, um, online retailer. Um, and, and that's so that whatever commission, if it's a 10% commission that the affiliates are getting, we don't take any of that. That's right. yours. Uh, we'll have a separate arrangement with the um, online retailers. But that, that's how the internet um, you know, has been funded for a long, long time. I mean, Ab uh, Amazon probably pioneered this, I would say, in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. And um, they still run affiliate programs even now. Um, I mean, they don't pay as much as they used to. They've got market power, but um, yeah, they still do it now. So tell me, do you know on any given normal day how many transactions would go through your networks? Oh, um, now that or is it just too much? Because that's a lot of publishers, right? It, it's, it's a, it is a lot and it, it fluctuates quite significantly by time of day and all those sorts of things too. But on daily, I mean, it, it will be, it could fluctuate from tens of thousands, to let's say the high tens of thousands as yeah. well. So low tens of higher, that sort of thing. So that's right. So they're all going through us, all these transactions um, are going through us. We're, we're, we're calculating commissions and we're, we're you know, building it all up for these um, affiliates. And then they get paid out their commissions either on a weekly, fortnightly, a monthly basis, yeah. um, whatever they choose. And they're from all around the world. Awesome. Awesome business. Mm. Yeah. So tell me, 
let's hear about you. So, as you know, Nudge is all about stories and telling stories. I don't actually know that much of your story. I know the recent parts, but I don't know the earlier parts. So, tell, tell us, how did you sort of start? What did you do? You know, how did you come on this winding journey to where you are now? Right, right. Well, I, I guess it probably starts in my... Um, say, late teens. Don't say mother's womb. No, 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 no. <laughs> not the not the mother's womb. No, no. <laughs> so it, probably, let's say, well, late teens is is probably where where it kind of starts. Early teens is is then when I think my my mind was opened a little bit more to to the world, and that you can never. Um, there's no such thing as a quick buck, you know, you do have to work for it. And so, um, you know, I had a lot of family members as well who got involved in lots of pyramid schemes and get rich quick schemes when I was a kid. Amway? And Oh yeah, Everyone there was Amway. Amway. Yeah, there, one of them was Amway. Actually, that one, actually, I was in the womb for that one, um, <laughs> we would just say. So <laughs> Amway was even before I was born and that one was actually where my parents decided not to continue with Amway was um, my mother was told to take a pill to prevent going into labor with me to make sure that she could come to an Amway meeting. Wow. And that was the point where they're like, we're not being involved in this anymore. I got taken to the Amway headquarters from England. We went on a family holiday. My parents were so into it. I think they were double diamond or something. I can't remember mm -hmm. what it was. We went on a family holiday to Michigan to see the Amway headquarters. That was our family holiday. <laughs> Scarred me. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, you must have come home with lots of samples of laundry powder. <laughs> I, don't um, <laughs> I don't remember any of the products, thank goodness. Anyway. But yeah, so, so I, I saw that the, the, they, my parents struggled a lot when we were kids and, you know, we sort of fluctuated between, so let's say, the you know, sort of middle income sort of families and, 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 and sometimes just, just above the poverty line. And so, so my determination in life was that I, I didn't want to ever struggle the way they did and so whatever I had to whatever I needed to do to not let that happen I would do it and so I, I was employed you know in my late teens as, as most of us are and, and working in a business and and I was very combative with with my employers and and only because I want to do things a certain way or I want to push things further and I and I want to try new things and that just didn't work under under, under an employer and so <laughs> I was I was 21 no, 22, sorry, 22 when I decided to go out and do things on my own. That was when I discovered the affiliate side, what, what I do oh, now. Early. And that was when I discovered that. So I, I actually went to one of these like life courses and, you know, it was a lot of crap, like a lot. <laughs> you've got to sift through the stuff, you know, yep. standing up, facing your neighbor or, you know, backs to each other, rub each other's shoulders, you know, that sort of garbage. Sounds like and, a weird one. But... Oh, it, it was a weird one. It was, it was. But I took one thing from it where there was this woman who was talking about affiliate marketing and the life that she leads because of it. So she's there creating this content online she's working in her pajamas all the time but earning lots and lots of money and I'm like well that sounds fun you know <laughs> who, who wouldn't want that and so I researched it a little bit I actually reached out to that same speaker and, uh, and I'd said you know I'd love to learn more about what you do and she said okay cool yeah that'll be ten thousand dollars I'm like I don't have that sort of money so I'm like I'll do it myself and um, so eventually I, I learned to write a blog and 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 how to set one up all the technical aspects writing content and um Probably within about six months, I was then earning about $8,000 a month just in commissions. Wow. And as a like, so early 20s, 22-year-old, like, that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then I decided, well, with some, with some um, co-founders of mine who were sort of in the industry as well, um, that w maybe we would 
not want to just be one part of this this function. We we might want to be the one in the middle, kind of facilitating, controlling it. Um, what we do is not new. We just wanted to do it in a different way. And so my my job that was prior to me becoming an affiliate was uh, as an art designer and um, um, graphic designer um, for marketing company. So I was a creative person. Yeah. So I was able to use my creative skills then to, to design and prototype what I think an affiliate network should look like and should function. Yep. And then we had another founder and he was um, uh, a programmer. And so I can't program, but he could. Yep. Another one who was far more experienced in sales. Right. And so we had this holy trinity. I designed it, he made it work and he sold it. Yep. And so we, we launched um, Commission Factory on a budget of about 5,000 bucks because mm -hmm. that's kind of all we had spare, <laughs> so, well, 5,030. So, you know, $30 in my <laughs> PayPal account and I put that across too. So, um, so yeah, 5,000 bucks, we started the company and we set a launch date, which was um, July 15th, 2011. Mm -hmm. And we made everybody know about it before we launched because then that gave us a massive amount of accountability to launch on that day. I like that, um, it's a good idea. It, I mean, it was difficult. I mean, we were pushing it right up to that last hour before we launched it. We were still programming, and there was still, still well, the some. The other guy was anyway. Well, he was still he was still programming, and I'm there right? with the whip. You know, it's sort of <laughs> like this has to be done. Um, and so we did. We launched it, and the problem was we launched it like. Oh wait, we don't have any clients. So. But we've launched. But we have launched. Here's the software, and so then obviously we scrambled getting you know clients on because whilst we have these online retailers, we also have the affiliates as well, and yes. and it was a balancing act because we can't have one without the other. No. So you know we had to build them in tandem, and and we also had to make up some numbers too. So who do you recruit first? It's a chicken and egg scenario, right? Because no one, no advertiser is going to give you their business if you've got no one to promote it, and mm -hmm. no affiliate is going to do anything unless you've got some advertisers they like. So that's right. It's a tricky scenario. It was very tricky. So we at least leveraged the fact that most people didn't think that we were going to launch in the industry. They didn't think it was going to happen anyways. So when it did happen, a lot of the affiliates created accounts because free for them to do so, just join up. They created accounts because they just wanted to see it, see what we had done and what we'd been talking about. And then we maybe got on about, about three advertisers, I think, in the first who was, like who week. Who were the first advertisers? Do you remember? Or was it nine, nine years ago? So. One of them was, back then they were, I don't know what they do now, they pivoted their business, I think, but um, uh, a furniture retailer could, or homewares, um, Le Domain. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was, I think, one of the first ones that we got. And they weren't and French, were they? No, 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 they weren't. They, <laughs> they were Australian. So yeah, Le Domain. They were they were the first one, and and then there was a, a toy one, and and I think early on as well there was their adult toys and gifts as well came on. And Money. Big money. That's right. I made money um, with that, in uh, commission-wise, <laughs> at least commissions well, mate, promoting you, those. Might just skirt around that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. My parents might see this. Um, so yeah. So the uh, the adult toys and gifts, which um, we still do a lot of work with uh, those companies even yep. now. But just sometimes the the caliber of them is 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 much much better than <laughs> maybe what we had back then. <laughs> Wasn't some guy called Derek selling at the back of his garage? <laughs> That's right. With the stock that fell off the back of a truck. Yep, yeah. Yep. Mm. Okay, so the, so you've started, you've launched, you've got a couple of advertisers, you've got all these affiliates. What, what happens from there? How does it go from, and and maybe talk about what's what's recently happened, obviously, because you've had a fairly big event in the not too yeah not too, sure in the recent history. Well, I mean, there was three of us, and it was our first business, and so we, I mean, besides me, obviously doing the stuff on my own, but this was the first like real big business. Yep. We're actually like registered a business name and all those sorts yep, of things, bank trademark, all of that stuff. 
So there was the three of us, and probably from 2011 till about 2014, um, the problems arose because we really didn't have the organizational structure. So we hadn't defined our roles really. And so we had three people who maybe had different opinions on where we should take the company. Yep. Um, and, and so there was a little bit of infighting between us on, on, on those, the certain topics. And we eventually brought in someone um, to sort of really look at the business and look, look at us and our skill sets because we, we recognize as well that we, you need one captain of the ship you do. can't have the three. It just wasn't going to work. This is often where businesses fall over, right, when they mm. get to this point. And it didn't mean, I mean, we all founded the business together. It didn't mean that I, uh, I or any, whoever was going to be the CEO of the company was any, any better than any of you. But it's just, you certainly do have to take that responsibility on, though. And the others either need to be happy with, well, what are you best at? And so the guy who was programming in our business, he didn't want to be the CEO. He's like... I'm he's a problem grammar. Right? <laughs> he's, he's an introvert. I mean, you know, in, in general, hates people. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But does a fantastic job. You, you should know. have brought him on the show. <laughs> well, I'm, maybe. I mean, slightly on the spectrum, I'm, I'm sure, too. But, um, <laughs> so, but he does a fantastic job, what yep. he does. There was no reason to take him away from that at all. And the guy that was more experienced in sales side of things, well, I mean, he preferred a lot of that sort of face-to-face -face chatting with people. Um, but even when we brought in this third party, so he, he evaluated all of us anyways and looked at what our skill sets were. And eventually, um, you know, it was proposed to the board Zane should be the CEO in terms of the skills. Yep. I mean, everyone just assumes because I was a bit of a bitch. <laughs> well, of course you'd choose him, he's the bitchy one. <laughs> so, but, you know, so, and everyone agreed and, 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 and that, was, that was scary at that time for me because but, I'm like, can I do this? You know, I haven't had to do this before. Can I do it? What does the CEO even do? Yep. Um, and so I think I even typed that into Google. What does a CEO do? <laughs> I'd love to know what answers you've got. <laughs> That's right. There were many. And it comes down, I guess, we're just kind of like sometimes glorified problem solvers as well. Like we're there, we're overlooking things and just solving problems. You're a place to go when yep. things happen or don't happen. That's right, exactly. And, and to hopefully be, um, you know, someone that everyone else can rely on as yep. well when there's like, I don't know how to deal with this. And, and hopefully to be that level head to think, think bigger picture and, and all those sorts of things, so, which is what I still do a lot of now. And so that was that progression. That organizational structure is, is definitely something that I will tell people now um, when they're starting a business, like try and work that one out earlier. Yeah. Because it really helped. We could have had far more direction and, 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 and without all the crap that was there, you know, infighting and decisions, like if we'd had some of this structure and really defining what our roles in the company are. Yeah. And, and so if that had been done earlier, I think we probably could even be a little bit further along. But, you know, you learn as you go, and it's that. not a mistake I'll make again. No, it's, it's one I made before as well. Mm. It's easier now because it's just me. But before, yeah, yeah it was, it, 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 it can have a, it has more of an impact in a negative way than you think. Mm -hmm. yeah, you just don't think about it, does. right? You're too excited, too wrapped up in the whole. That's right, that's right. You've got these big dreams, and you thought we're going to make a million dollars in the first year, and, 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 and you forget the other bits, the operational yeah. stuff that you probably should also consider too. So, I mean, and that's fine. I mean, we all get excited about these things. You've been the CEO for how long now? Um, so officially, so I was signed in as CEO since um, March 2014. Okay, so six years, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. And so, so from there, from once we had that structure in place, um, we then started growing really quickly. And and because I'm either making final decisions on certain things, I'm allocating, delegating, you know. And and so from 2014 then to 2016, 2016 was the the year that we then decided we would relocate the business from the Sunshine Coast in Queensland 
down here to Sydney. I was spending three months of the year down here anyways, you know, uh, chatting with people, networking. Yep. And most people just thought we were here anyways because <laughs> we always presented ourselves to be much bigger than we really were. Yep. And so um, start of 2016, or so at the end of 2015, I announced everyone we're relocating the business down to Sydney. And in March of 2016 is when we did we moved into our new office in Castle Ray Street. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And so, when you say growing very quickly, what sort of size did you go from, and, and how you know that accelerated growth, which is often what people are really fascinated because it's a very difficult time when you grow quickly. Yeah, that's right. And so, well, we were let's say um, eight yep. people. Back then, so that was um, end of yeah end of 2015. Eight, eight of us. Mm -hmm. um, we lost two in the transition to Sydney because, yep. which is fine. We gave everybody the same opportunity to come with us yep. and pay all the expenses. But for those who are living up there, Sydney might just not appeal to them because yep. they like that beachside lifestyle, the laid back lifestyle. Um, so we lost two on the transition down here. So when we got into Sydney, we were really only about like maybe six or seven mm -hmm. of us. And then we just started sort of hiring locally and it was so much easier down here. Finding the skill sets that we needed in, in market, digital marketing and account management um, was just so difficult up there. And yeah. so down here, there were so many choices that yeah. we had. So we started hiring. And so from that 2016 to um, 2019, even to where we are now, so we're now at 45 okay. now. Yeah. And um, I also have six of them in Kuala Lumpur now. Okay, so, development, development teams like tech. Some of them are account management as well because okay. that's, that's our goal now is, is Southeast Asia. We, 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 over the years, uh, well, actually by about 2015, we're about 65% market share in terms of what we do. Wow. Yeah. That's massive. That's complete domination. That's right. That's right. And, and that was, I, I was surprised by that number <laughs> when I first actually started working it out and we put it together like, Wow, 65. Because we actually had someone totally not involved with us at all. They did an infographic on the affiliate marketing ecosystem in Australia. And here they were, they had us at 75% market share. I'm like, really? Where'd they get that number from? And so then I actually looked into it myself and started you know, getting all the numbers from all the, all the competitors that we had as well. I'm like, it's not 75, it's 65, but that's still pretty good. Massive. It's yeah. Huge. That's right. And we've maintained that since 2015 to now, um, about that 65% market share. Um, in affiliate marketing. Oh, that's yeah. really good. Yeah. And re just recently? Very exciting well, time. Recently, yes. So recently, um, so we were acquired by um, AWIN. Um, so they are, like us, an affiliate network based over in, or headquartered in London and Berlin. Yep. And we started a relationship with them back in 2016. So maybe this was the Sydney move again. We moved down to Sydney mm. and then six months later, we have their parent company. Um, so someone from their parent company, Axel Springer, contact us, say, oh, we'd like to talk. And we're like, wow, this is Axel Springer, this is AWIN. Um, and for us, being AWIN, knowing it was them, um, you know, was, was really big for us because they were actually on our list back in 2012 when we once wrote out a list of who do we think might acquire us one day. And was that a goal when you set the business up? To, or was it just something that sort of came and you thought maybe... It was, it was always a bit of a goal or an exit strategy, I guess, um, but we... we we weren't relying on it because we, we still had so many goals we wanted to achieve. Yeah. And, and, and so we had no time set on this. And, and, but we just put names down. Who would acquire us? And, and if they were to do so, what would they be looking for? Mm -hmm. You know, what would appeal to them? And so that's what, and Awin was on that list um, that we wrote down in 2012. 
And so then to actually have them come to us in 2016 originally, um, and we, we started a strategic alliance at that point. We wanted to see if we'd fit yep. as well. And, and so the alliance was that we don't go into their market, they don't come into ours, we'll do some client sharing where, where that works and, um, and support each other. If they have a client who wants to come into Australia, we would help support right. that. Cool. And and then it progressed over the years, and then so 2019 we sold um, a minority share of the company to so one of our founders he um, um, needed to exit the business. So more so personal issues um, that were going on in his life, and I want anybody that's involved in our company they need to be able to contribute, yes. and and in a massive way, especially when you're at the executive level. And it was just getting really difficult for him to do so. And so we made, even though we were all originally going to dilute the business equally, mm -hmm. um, we offered to him instead that they would just acquire his shares okay. in the company and let him walk off into the sunset, right. which he was happy to do because I think he recognized as well that he can't, he doesn't have the stamina to keep going. Yeah. And so, so they acquired um, that shareholders well, shares in the business and so took the minority. And then it was this year, um, we only announced maybe what, four or five weeks ago? It wasn't long. Yeah, I can't remember. I, mean, I was with you. The year is going so yep. fast. That's right. And, and so Aeon acquired the remaining 75% of the company. Which is, which is incredible. And that was the only, you like, you bootstrapped this. You never took any investment in no. it, did you? you no, like, that's that, right. Was that five, five, what was it, 5,030? 5,030. Yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> the 30s, that extra little bit, you see, that's what some people miss. That's right, exactly. Um, which is impressive, to build a business up and then to, to take it and sell it in under 10 years when yeah. you haven't taken any funding is, is, is impressive. And, and, it was, and, it, and it definitely gives you motivation to make it work because, like, well, we, everything is on the line here. We don't have anything else right no. now because the businesses that I was running as an affiliate and the blogs and all that stuff, they, the performance of them started to fail because I... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wasn't focusing on them yep. anymore. And so, therefore, this was it. We had to put everything in. And so, um, you know, we worked long hours to get here. Yeah. Um, but I'm a bit of a workaholic anyway, so I don't mind so much. Well, you send emails at the same time I do, so I know this, yes. Well, that's right. So, that's right. Now that we even talk with our, with our counterparts over in, in London or Berlin, they might send me a message and I'll respond. I, I didn't expect you to respond to until tomorrow. So now, unfortunately, I've given this, them the, this illusion that I don't sleep. There's no going back now. Yeah, that's right. And the name. I love the name. Yeah. Permission Factory. Was well, that easy right. to come up with? No, it was hard because we were looking for... This actually came about because of domain availability. Oh, doesn't <laughs> we, it always? It, I mean, we, we came up with all these really interesting names and, and um, um, you know, you check domains. Oh, it's taken. Oh, it's taken. And then we thought, well, you know, we are a factory in a sense. We're, we're, we're building and creating commissions I think for people. And so, so, it, so then obviously, yes, we settled on it because, like, well, it makes sense. And the domains are available. Yeah, <laughs> so that helps. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And I went with a, uh, a blue colour scheme for everything because one of the, the previous what a companies... What good choice. Well, blue. I mean, it's a nice colour. <laughs> I've always heard it was calming and corporate as well, but I worked for a company where their primary colour was red. Um, oh. when it, and when everything is red, and I think I'd even said back then, one day I'll have my own company 
and there will not be any red. Ferrari is the only company that can do that. No one else can do that. It's just not. I, my my ones have always. I've had green and orange, mm -hmm. and yeah, I think blues. I think blues the way. I like blue, yeah. and I'm also I am slightly colorblind. I have a red green defect, and so blue. Is Are you very sure it beautiful. was red, that company? Are you sure it wasn't green? Well, sometimes it looked brown. <laughs> <laughs> so I, had, I used to make mistakes every now and again. So that was a, a, something I had to, had to learn with, uh, uh, how to yeah. deal with. Like I end up learning how ink compositions were made up with, you know, cyan, magenta, yellow, and black to, to, to like, oh, oh no, that's not blue, that's purple. We're talking, there's a bit too much magenta in there. That's, that's, that's bizarre, isn't it? That you actually went, that's, I mean, it's incredible you went to those lengths, but I guess yep. yes, how else are you going to do it? That's right. Well, I was trying to hide the fact that I had this visual issue when I was a designer. <laughs> See, I'm horrendously dyslexic um, and I don't remember anyone's name. Mm -hmm. So great for a recruiter, right? Can't remember anyone's names. Perfect, perfect. Um, so you have to you have to hide these things sometimes. <laughs> so tell me, you know, other than that little challenge, what what do you think was the, the biggest challenge you had in this journey? Um, I think the, biggest, in the, in the biggest thing you made you did that didn't work out that you learned a lot from can be either. I mean, there was a lot of mistakes, but I think then the 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 biggest one we ever made was in the in the in the early days so the 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 person that came in to help uh, sort of decide who would be the ceo yep. um you know we we agreed to or signed a very very bad agreement there with him right. on that which um would then mean that when we were acquired one day he would be there with his hand out for a percentage about this yes mm, that's right and so that that was unfortunate that back then we, we were just we were all in our he, all in our twenties didn't understand the value of getting a lawyer to yep. check an agreement too expensive right too expensive we didn't have that sort of money you know we were just you go living sort of week to week back yep. then and, and so um, didn't think to get a lawyer and to check on these things and and we we will pay for that um, you know even still now and so that that was a, a, obviously a big mistake but now now my lawyer's on speed dial. So these days, and hopefully he's onto this as well. <laughs> that's that's right. It's like, can you please review this when you're done? Um, so yeah, I mean that that was a big mistake that we made, I, and I think we we gave away sort of too much capital to someone um, because we didn't value ourselves enough, or we weren't confident in in ourselves back then. You know, we like I said, there was all this infighting, and was, uh, not sure you're only at three years old. You're not past that five year mark where everyone says you're kind of safe, or you know, yep. you're doing well. And, and we just didn't maybe believe in ourselves enough and, yeah. and, and were confident in what we were doing. And, and, and you probably and, just didn't understand because you, yeah. you just don't get into that sort of thing. You're too busy yeah. doing your business. Well, that's right. And you've got someone that's going to help, you know, change the course. And, and, and really and truly, I mean, the help that we received there was very, very minimal. We got the organizational structure and always give credit there. Yeah. But what came after that, it was all us. Mm -hmm. You know, we had to put in the work. We had to work the late nights and we had to be the ones with a product roadmap and developing our, our tech solution. And we're doing all of that. Yeah. And, and you just learn on the job, honestly. Yeah. I mean, there were so many things that, that so many mistakes we made, but I don't know if, if it could have been done any other way with some of the mistakes we made. It's just like uh, we learned. Yeah, I think, I mean, it was, everyone makes mistakes and we'll yeah. continue to, right? It's just as long as you learn from the same them. Ones. Yeah. That's, that's the key. So tell me, during this period, has there, is there any belief that you had that changed at some point? Like you, you were quite sure about something and then for whatever, something happened and then you, you actually went, oh my gosh. And it's completely changed the way you, you thought, I guess, your thought process. Um, well, we always had aspirations that we would get to a certain point and then we would leave Australia. Like right. go and start, set up shop elsewhere because you know Australia seemed 
too far behind in terms of this sort of digital ecosystem that we were working in. So we always thought we will one day go to Singapore, we'll go somewhere else, somewhere else in the world. And I guess once we, you know, we go through things like GFCs and, 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 and all this stuff that happens, and I actually found that Australia and its people were far more resilient than I, I recognised. Even, even right now when they were talking the recession here and then we start to show some growth already and it's like, oh, okay, well, we might leave a recession as quickly as we enter. I heard it. we were coming, someone said this morning on the news that we're coming out of recession. I was like, I thought it was only about a month That's ago we went, we went in. in. That's right, but you know, you show positive growth and it's like, well, you can't be you're showing growth if you're in a recession, right? It's not. So, so therefore we're coming back out. And it was the same in the GFC, right? That was, you didn't really miss much of a beat here. I mean, it, no. it had an impact because I remember I was selling a business at the time, but it mm -hmm. recovered so quickly compared to the rest of the world. Compared to the rest of the world, it, it really did. And, and, and also because the course of this business, I've traveled a lot too. And so I've seen a lot of the world and that now I think I appreciate Australia its people, its economy, far more than I did when I first started this business because I've seen, like I said, our resilience. Yep. But also, we are one of the world's fastest adopters of new technology. I've heard this before, yeah. I mean, the, let's say smartphone penetration was so big here. Massive. And then also, like, even just things like tap and pay, you know, that... I know a lot of kind of, I'm, I'm amazed how far ahead, because we've had that a long time. A long time, and the, the, the limits on that is like, for us, what, $100 we were to put in a pin. But, you know, I go to the UK, I go to the USA, I mean, I'm, you know, spend 20 bucks, and, yeah. and you're having to put a pin in. No, payment-wise, we are, Australia is streets ahead. I had no idea until, probably mm. I started this business and started recruiting for so many payment fintechs yeah. that I've sort of learned how far advanced we are, which is, yeah. we just don't realise. Yeah, that's right. And, and it, it, like I said, it, it changed my opinion of the people of Australia and our resilience. I just didn't realise we were that good at it. So, so that, and even in the face of a lot of complexity, I mean, in Australia, I mean, you, there's, you get penalised quite heavily for failure. Here, you know whether you know if your business fails, you know you can, and, and you're a director of a company, you know you can be barred from being a director for X period of time. So, so it's it's not a country, you know, that that lets you take a lot of risk, but people still do anyways. And yep. and 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 I've seen even during COVID, people pivoting their businesses to new things, and they don't know what's going to happen, or just all the new startups that I see. So many. Come that, yeah, that's right. And, they, and, and, and being in this industry, I get a lot that come to me nowadays that now I went from the student many, many years ago to now I've got them asking for my advice. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's nice to see. I've got a question for you on that. Mm -hmm. So I've obviously been doing the recruitment role for 25 years. Mm -hmm. So I do also get people come to me. And I found that in a bizarre twist of fate, because I just never really thought about it, I have learned more by helping others than I learned all on my own journey. It's, it's funny, when you actually help other people, I've, I've just found I've learned more about myself and I've, learned, I've just learned more on how to be better by helping other people, which doesn't make sense. Mm. But it's, yeah, and it's far more rewarding than just stuffing up all the time and trying to learn that way as well. Well, that, that, that's right. And, and you do feel compelled sometimes to want to be able to share some of your knowledge and, and help these, these people as well, because you're like, I've been there. I know what that feels like. I think most humans do. I think genuinely most people want to help most people. You know, we talked about this in our business when we've had referral schemes. Like there was a period when iPads first came out, if someone referred a candidate who we placed, we'd give them a free iPad and things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. um, those schemes never worked. As soon as we took away the reward, whether it be a cash reward or, or an iPad, 
the referral amounts went through the roof. More people are happy to help someone else without anything because they just want to do it. Yeah. And in some respects, if they get something for it, they almost feel guilty about doing it and don't do it because they don't want the person to think they referred them just to get the free iPad or the 100 bucks. That's so right, exactly. reverse psychology kind of thing. Yes, Interesting, absolutely. isn't it? It is, it is, it is. So, I mean, we, we start off a, a business getting paying for referrals and stuff as well. We don't anymore. We, I mean, we cut that years ago because they were just coming to us organically anyways by people who didn't know we had a referral system yeah. and so we, we we cut it and it didn't change anything and so now we just know well if we just have a great service great people here um you know they're going to refer people to us anyways absolutely so yeah it's pretty cool isn't it yeah so um what are your goals now my goals now well i guess i'm 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 not just judging myself you know i've now got you know a parent company yes. who's watching my performance how is that it seems to be fine so far. I mean, I absolutely, <laughs> at least so far. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're less than two months in. But I, I want to I see whether I can impress them. You know, I've done what I've done, you know, and that's a great attitude. was myself. That's you know? a really cool attitude. I've never heard anyone say that before when they sold a business. That's really interesting. Most people are like, yeah, yeah I'm out of here. But the, the oh. fact that you want to impress them mm -hmm. is, that's a, I've never had that answer. I've never heard anyone say that. That's a, that's a good answer. Well, I, I think it plays into, you know, maybe sort of a, an issue I've had all along where people sometimes, oh, you've done so well, or you've come this far and this far. But um, I guess a lot of founders, CEOs sometimes suffer from imposter syndrome. They do. And I would say I, I definitely experience that myself. Well, Every founder does. Everyone. You feel like it's just dumb luck at times. Like, I was just lucky. You know, it, maybe it wasn't because of my skills or anything else I did. I was just right place, right time, or just, just luck. And so this, this, I think, would be very telling for me that if I can actually achieve the goals that I'm setting, that they would like me to achieve, but also my own, own goals, and they're happy with what I've done, then maybe I can get past imposter syndrome and say, okay, it wasn't, it was just in my head. You know, and because they are happy and they are impressed. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think luck comes to people who take action at the right time. That's what luck is, right? Mm -hmm. You just, but, but most people don't take any action. Mm -hmm. So yeah. people who do stuff are lucky yeah. because they do stuff. Yeah. People who don't do stuff are not lucky. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's really simple, right? And, and I think most people don't, and particularly founders, they do think, I think we all do, and I have many times. I've had, I've, I seem to have dodged a fair few bullets here and there, and I feel like I've been insanely lucky. Mm -hmm. but if you go back and, and really, really think about it, yes, maybe you were lucky, but if you hadn't been doing anything, well, you wouldn't have been anything, really, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that was a terrible way of explaining it. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. I yeah. know exactly what you mean. Yes. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So you've done all this yeah. with all this luck. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's right. Lots of luck. <laughs> yeah, lots of luck. You're a complete imposter. Mm -hmm. um, no. So you've obviously learned a lot along the way and you would have had a lot of influences. And I think anyone who does run a business, start a business, you know, they are people that take action, but they usually have things that also help them do that. So podcasts, books, are there any, is there anything that you maybe helped you at the beginning or that maybe you're finding very inspirational now from a listening point of view. I like mm -hmm. podcasts a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and any book that's really impacted you and, and why? Um, let me think. So podcasts, I, uh, that changes a lot depending on what it is that I, I, I'm, I'm currently interested in yep. as well. So right now I'm listening to a podcast series. I can't think of the name of it um, by um, Cynthia Deeran. So she does a lot of the international expansion mm -hmm. and helps companies do that. And so we've been getting some advice from her for, on, on that. But she has a podcast as well. We're talking these different people and how to expand overseas, cultural differences between, you know, us and, and, and Southeast Asia. I mean, whilst we, Australia, are part of APAC, you know, we are a Western country in an 
Eastern geographic region. You know, yeah. so we are very different from our neighbors. Yeah. And 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 so we are uh, trying to learn how different we are. And to also be sensitive to those differences, because we just we don't want to be the the Aussies who go stampeding all over somebody's culture uh, when we go into Malaysia and, done, and yeah, yeah, that's right. We have a tendency to do that. I mean, you know, um, you know, the British who came before us. I knew so, that was coming. Yeah. I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So I've read a history of of Southeast Asia. There's there's a lot in there. Um, <laughs> there's a lot in there. Yeah, a lot of genocide. Um, so so we so we. Um, we're learning that at the moment, or I'm learning that too, because I, I, I feel like I know Australia and I know our culture pretty well here. Um, um, but like I said, I, I learn. I learn new things all the time, especially our resilience. And so um, um, distinguishing how we differ from others is, is, is really some great knowledge for me on how I might go into those, those different markets or the way I might go in. Mm-hmm. So that podcast has been, been um, very, very beneficial listening to her stuff. And then in terms of books... Um, um, one called Never Split the Difference. So, I have seen this book. I think I might have it. I haven't read it. I've definitely heard of it. I think someone's I, given it to it me. It was fascinating. It was just, it was a psychology lesson as well. So it's a, so Chris Voss, who is an ex-FBI negotiator. I have read it. I've read it. Yes. You have? I remember yeah. it now. Someone gave it to me. It's an awesome book. I loved it. It's, yeah. it's one that I read cover to cover in a very short period of time, which is very hard for me to do these days. My attention span is awful. Like I maybe get... <laughs> I, get, I, I either get 10 minutes into a book and I realise I haven't actually absorbed any of this because I'm thinking about work or something, yep. or I'm 10 minutes in and I'm, already, I'm drifting off to sleep. So, so the fact that I was able to go cover to cover within two days yep. shows that it's I, a I really enjoyed book. it. It was fantastic. And, and, I co- and I supplemented that as well with his um, masterclass that he okay, did yep. as well, which was great because given the real life examples of these negotiation tactics and just little things here and there that then I've either, you know, used on family and friends as well. <laughs> just, and, and they don't know I'm doing it. And then I might tell them afterwards, you know what I just did then. Um, you know, I just completely I manipulated you. I need to read it again. Yeah, oh, it was fantastic. I <laughs> yeah. loved it. So, so that was a really good one for me. But, um, but my, my, my long-term podcast is Freakonomics. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. I really love it. Just some of the interesting facts and yeah. things that you learn. But also, I even learned more about investing there because I interviewed, um, um, uh, was it Bogle, John Bogle mm-hmm. um, from Vanguard? Yeah. So I didn't really know about ETFs until I listened to Freakonomics. And, and Vanguard's fascinating, right? Because they really were bringing, bringing investing to public at a, at a really reasonable price. I, I love their, yeah, they, were the, they pioneered ETFs. For they did, the they, re- they did. And so that I learned something new. And like I said, just, just general facts and stories from around the world, I sometimes just find interesting, really fascinating. Cool. All right, last question. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that Commission Factory will be growing. Mm-hmm. as you continue on, and, and both in affiliates and marketers and, and staff. Mm-hmm. And if you think about those three different audiences, tell me why, why would advertisers come to you, why would affiliates come to you, and why would someone want to come and work with you? Right. So, well, for the affiliates and advertisers, I think that we have a fantastic level of customer service for these guys, and even though we're servicing a lot of them. Yep. Um, so the service is great, but also we invest a lot into automation and our technology too. Um, granted, for a little while, we pivoted to more service side, and, but now we're pivoting back to our technology side. And yep. so I think our technology is just going to just keep advancing a lot. And, and we're going to make the lives of, of, of CMOs and all sorts of marketing um, people around the world a little bit easier, I, I believe. Everyone so, loves that. 
everyone loves that. And then in terms of my employees, well, we have a really, really high retention rate. And it's because right from the beginning, we wanted our employees to love coming into work. And, and, and so we put them first. I absolutely protect them as well. You know, if, if we have a nasty a customer who's yep. being mean to them or makes one of them cry, you can be sure they're going to hear from me. Yep. And so, you know, and I'll put an end to it. I'll even cut the client. That's good. Like, That's awesome. My staff don't need to deal with that. And so, and we invest a lot of time and money into perks for them. So we, we start, we've always had a, like a, a 3.30 knockoff on Friday. So that was forever. Um, next year, we moved to four day work weeks. You do? Yeah. So during the pandemic, they showed that they were just as productive and effective working from home. We obviously can't keep track of all the time that they're in front of their computer, but they got their work done and they did it well. So that showed us like, you know what, maybe we can tone it down a little bit more and they can have a work, better work-life balance. And you'll rotate that so that there's someone obviously available. Obviously you can't all not be there on one day. That's right, focus, exactly. Right? So we'll, we'll rotate that because our customers will expect that we're five days a week. Yeah. So, so we'll rotate how that works. Some people are off on the Monday, some yeah. people are off on the Friday, or maybe some people want to take Wednesday off, I'm yeah. not sure. But you know, as long as their management or line manager is all fine with that, then, then that'll be it and four days it will be going forward. That's a massive perk. Massive. Mm, that's right. All you need to Even I'm to... looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you don't do it. Um, now you're now six weeks holiday. Mm -hmm. Basically, no one, no one, you won't see anyone. And yeah, how, yeah. how have, you, have you had everyone in the office uh, during during COVID or, you know, did that, obviously there was a period when they were at home because we had to be, but after that, did everyone come straight back? Is it is it mm -hmm. mixed now? How's it? How's it, it? it? I mean, we had a limit at first. When we first came back, no more than 10 people in the office. Yep. And spaced far apart um, and then you know we started relaxing that now to uh, just as long as you're still social distancing or far enough apart just as and we so, are yeah that's right as we are yeah exactly yeah. and so so we measured between their desks and like yeah okay they can all sit here that's just fine just stick that length much quicker <laughs> that's right and, and so but some of them were desperate to come back in because they're social people as well and they yeah. missed they love working with their peers. And so for them, the working from home, they hated it, some mm. of them. Yeah, some of them, you know, a bit more introverted and that works for them, that's fine. So all, all we would ask for them is come in once in a while. Yeah. Just catch up with your team. So we know you're still. Yeah, we know you're still there. You haven't lost a limb, you yeah. know, that sort of thing. So, so um, but yeah, they have been back in for the most part. And even tonight, you know, we're, we're, we're getting ready for a, a movie night, a Halloween movie night. Well, so that's Thursday, right? Yes. Thursday, yeah. We've got Halloween in, what, a couple of days or something yes, like that. And so, so we're doing a movie screening tonight with, you know. What are you going to watch? Candy. And so, I think we're doing Hocus Pocus and Insidious. <laughs> we got... <laughs> We got the Hocus tame one. Hocus. We got the tame one because we'll do that one first, and then if you're too scared for Insidious, you can leave after that one, and then yeah. take your popcorn and go. That's right, exactly. <laughs> Just leave. Yeah. So take your popcorn, your bucket of candy, and um, have a good evening. Well, we better let you go so you can get back for it. I wouldn't want you to miss it. <laughs> That's right. It's got a cracking <laughs> beginning, right? Exactly. I haven't seen Hocus Pocus in years, so yeah. Looking I don't think to I it. have either. <laughs> Well, look, Zane, thank you so much for coming on. It's been awesome. I've learned some new things about you, and I always love that about this show. I learn new things about people that I know, which is always good. Mm -hmm. um, wish you all the best with thank the uh, with the new sort of partnership, um, and I hope it continues on, and I hope you impress them. I hope so too. Thanks, thank Zane. you very much. Cheers, mate. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.